Now we're going to do some mantras suitable for Guru Purnima. Um, the world is in quite a bit of strife, so many difficulties, disease and war and so on. And so I will <coughs> Happy Guru Purnima. Welcome everyone. <coughs> I always like to begin by quoting my guru, Baba Muktananda, who began every talk by saying in Hindi, Sabko Varasanmane Kesat Premse Hardik Swagat. With great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And he would always say that the essence of spirituality, welcome another. So Guru Purnima is a very special time for me in many dimensions. Uh, my first Guru Purnima with Baba in 1971, on that occasion, I received Shaktipat from him. So it's never to be forgotten. Uh, and. Baba told me so many times to hold intensives and awaken people through Shaktipat. And so it's on the eve of an intensive. The intensive is always a very special time uh, when I feel very, very close 
to Baba. And so tomorrow's very exciting, Guru Purnima intensive, super exciting. So it's very nice. It's very nice. <clears throat> so there was a great poet saint named Kabir who lived uh, in Benares around uh, in the 15th century. That's uh, a long time ago. <clears throat> and he was a weaver, and he was a Muslim, but he had a Hindu guru, and that's a whole story in itself. But he's a great, great poet, and this is one of his poems on the guru. He says, the guru is the ladder to God. Time has no power over him. Who, time has no power over him who has surrendered his body and mind to the guru. He in whom the flame of the ego leaps high and who wants to be worshipped by his guru, to him the god of death, sorry, to him the god of death says, come and be my guest. Learn the secret of life from your guru and keep nothing secret from him. Do not leave his sweet company. O disciple, there is none so generous as the guru. Look to him in humility and service and you will obtain dominion of the three worlds. <clears throat> it's the physical world and the astral world and the subtle world and the heaven world. The highest object of contemplation, Kabir says, the highest object of contemplation is the guru. The most worthy object of service is the guru. The chief object of devotion is the guru. O Kabir, understand this great secret, talking to himself. Very beautiful. And in honor of Guru Purnima, um, Baba had, Baba was a great poet and a great speaker, and uh, his words had some were charged with love and charged with truth. Just the other day we saw uh, a film from the 1974 tour, and so many people talked to me about what they saw in Baba, the greatness, the Shakti, and, the, and so on. And so this is uh, an example of Baba's message, because the guru is not just someone who awakens, but also uh, gives a teaching. Through that teaching, we're able to connect to the highest truth. He says, Baba says, the same supreme truth dwells within all of us. That's essentially what he taught. <clears throat> we yearn for love, for joy, and for greatness. We always yearn and yearn and yearn. We don't get what we want, and then our life is over. <laughs> there are many religions, but God is one. It doesn't matter what way you worship God, you're worshiping him no matter what way you do it. Forget everyone's opinions and worship the self, which exists within everyone. Everyone's got opinions. Ramana Maharshi used to say when people come say, well, tell me about God, he'd say, first see who you are. Don't worry, don't worry about all the theories and opinions, but find out who you are. Very close at home. Look within, discover who you are. The Bible says, worship the self which exists within everyone. Worship God who is within everyone with love and respect. Truly, sincerely, we should change our attitude, change our vision. Then we will see how the world is different from how we think it is. It is the play of God's love made manifest. So that's Baba's beautiful message. And I, I 
picked a few question and answers from Baba for Guru Purnima. The first couple are about the Guru specifically, but then just generally, because everything he taught connected us to that highest. This is from one of his, uh, ah, I forgot. Uh, we have some photos. Let's see what we have today. That's the Baba I knew from Ganeshpuri back in the, in the early 70s. Beautiful. Next. And that's him sitting out on his perch in Ganeshpuri. His apartment was right behind, and he would sit there and give darshan several times a day, go up and talk to him about anything. A lot of people from the surrounding villages used to come for his darshan every day. Next. You have one more? Ah, and there he is on the same, it's the same place, probably in the winter season, and it seems like he's giving a, a talk. He often did question answers from that perch. Uh, so, is that it? Okay. <clears throat> but this is from uh, one of his tours, I think. Uh, question, if I let the guru direct my life, won't it result in a weakening of my capacity for making decisions and a decline in my intelligence? <laughs> yes, that's been true of me, I know. <laughs> Baba, I could never show my Baba Nityananda enough respect in return from what I received from him. Yet my intelligence and my capacity for decision-making didn't leave me and go to him. Papa was the most decisive human being I ever met. He would make a decision, bang, and that was it. <clears throat> when you learn something from an artist or a professor, does your intelligence go over to him? <clears throat> it's wrong to think that following your guru, by following your guru, your intellect becomes weaker. On the contrary, when the inner shakti, the inner energy awakens, your intellect acquires new strength and your mind gains new penetration. If you surrender to the guru, the only thing to suffer will be your shortcomings. When the river surrenders to the ocean, it becomes the ocean. When a seed loses itself in the earth, it multiplies and becomes a tree crowned with flowers and fruit. Through surrender, a person does not become smaller. On the contrary, he becomes greater. Who says you cannot meet God? Remove the ego and you have God immediately. By destroying the ego, one becomes God. Another one on the guru. Question, what does it mean to have a guru? What do you think that Baba will answer that? <clears throat> Baba, to have a guru means to be awakened from within. As long as your shakti is not awakened, as long as you do not feel its inner vibrations, you do not have a guru, you've only seen a guru. So there's an inner awakening of Kundalini Shakti that happens. Now some other kinds of questions. Question. Many people predict that the world is heading towards destruction. <laughs> you won't remember this, maybe one or two, but there was a big hit song in the 60s called The Eve of Destruction. Anybody remember that? Yeah? Well, you're showing your age, kids. <clears throat> 
Don't you know we're on the eve of destruction? Anyway, it always looks that way, doesn't it? Especially now. <laughs> Baba says, so many predictions have been made about the world that I wonder which to believe. It would be different if they all predicted the same thing. The truth is that the world has always been in turmoil. <laughs> Somewhere bombs are being dropped. Huh? What? It has always been in turmoil. Somewhere bombs are being dropped. Somewhere else there's progress. Somewhere 10 are dead. Somewhere else 10 are born. Somewhere there's famine. Elsewhere people are sick from overeating. <laughs> Here people laugh with love, there they cry with pain. Some distribute bread, others beg for it. And some get gluten-free. <laughs> what prediction is contained in this? It happens every day. Only one prediction is absolutely true. Good actions bear good fruit, and bad actions have bad consequences. The great Saint Tulsidas said, O oh God, our nature is to err. Yours is to forgive. I fully believe this. We should have more faith in the forecast that God would look after us and save us. Question. How can the lonesome hole inside my heart be healed? <laughs> There's another song in the 60s. <laughs> uh, Baba, this will be healed when you find the being who dwells inside you. This being has the form of light, <clears throat> and that is nothing but consciousness or the self. If a person doesn't have any trust in God, if a person doesn't accept God, the only mantra he can repeat is this, I am lonely. It's a good mantra, I am lonely. He considers himself an orphan all the time and is filled with fear. You are not alone. He is with you. However, you don't know him. From now on, understand that you are not alone. Understand that God is with you. He is before you, behind you, on all sides. He is above, below, everywhere. If a person experiences that he is far away from God, he feels lonely. Man should have complete trust. He should have this awareness. As much as God belongs to others, he also belongs to me. Question. What does aloneness mean to you? How did you deal with it? Baba. I like being alone. <laughs> when I came to this earth, I came alone. I didn't come with anyone. When I leave, I'll go alone. No one's going to accompany me. Why should I be sad being alone? I'm happy being by myself. I don't live alone, I live with God. If God seems far away from me, I repeat the mantra on my mala. If he gets, uh, feels a little separate, he just says the mantra. Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. So I'm never alone, Baba says. Beautiful, no? <clears throat> okay. Question, I experience intense fear and tension these days. It feels as if my heart is frozen and the rest of me is paralyzed. Wow. I meditate, do japa, say the mantra, chant, 
and I call for you to heal me. Yet once I'm in one of these states, it's very hard to let go and be open. I'm not sure who I am or how to remain open to you. It is like facing my own death. Would you please advise me? Solid vital or peculiar? That's sad. <clears throat> anyway, Baba, you have this kind of feeling, but you're not really facing death. Death will come to you when it's time. Repeat the mantra peacefully and warm yourself up. <laughs> Baba would always, the, the one uh, spiritual practice that he emphasized above all others was the repetition of mantra. I always say it's a no-brainer. It's something you can do easily. It doesn't take deep philosophical uh, complexity. You just say the mantra. And it's an affront to our minds. Our minds, which want to be entertained desperately all the time, we get more and more TV channels. Now we have the whole internet. Now we have, uh, oh, God knows, Netflix and Petflix and Betflix, all these places. <laughs> Uh, what else we got? Uh, Prime uh, Video and uh, what else we got? Stan. Stan. What? Stan. 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 All right, never mind. It's all. We 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 are so well entertained that to imagine just repeating a phrase over and over again. What an affront that is to every uh, logical principle and cultural presumption and assumption. Uh, and yet that's the thing that gives peace much more than every Netflix special. Uh, and so Baba would say, repeat the mantra, let the mind become quiet. When the mind is quiet, then the inner essence can shine forth. So Baba says, warm yourself up. One who repeats the mantra constantly, <laughs> this is really good, should eat butter and drink milk or cold drinks because heat is created in this system when he repeats the mantra. I wonder if that's true of all of you. Get, you get heat? I think for vitals it would be heat, but maybe not universally. Don't be scared about this matter. Don't remember your death. Everyone has this fear. Some people have intense fear and others have mild fear. Become, to become fearless, take the support of the inner self, of the supreme principle. Insure yourself with God's insurance company. <laughs> Your feeling of facing death is nothing but emotion. Nothing but emotion. <clears throat> death will come to you when it's time for you to leave, so don't worry about that now. Once a camel began to chase Sheikh Nasruddin. <laughs> One of the most charming things about Baba was his Sheikh Nasruddin story. Uh, Mullah Nasruddin... He would say Sheikh Nasruddin. Mullah Nasruddin is a, a character, semi-mythological character from the East. There are many, many stories. He's like a wise fool. He's, he's a, I don't know if we have a character like that in our culture. Do we? Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean, yeah, somebody. Um, he's, but uh, anyway, he's, Baba loved to tell Sheikh Nasruddin stories. So once a camel began to chase Sheikh Nasruddin, so he ran from it and fell into a pit. As he lay there, he came, became afraid the camel would come and kick him. <laughs> so he lay still, pretending to be dead. Because he'd been lying there for such a long time, he thought he really had died. He began to worry, 
Oh, he thought, I didn't let my wife know I died. <laughs> he looked up and saw a man passing by, so he called him over and said, please do me a favor. Tell my wife that Nasruddin died in this pit. Then he lay back down. <laughs> when the news reached his wife, she came running, <clears throat> thinking her husband had died. She was screaming and shouting, oh God, oh God. Nasruddin told his wife, hey, don't scream and shout. If you do, the camel will come again. <laughs> oh, you're alive, his wife exclaimed. How wonderful. Nasruddin replied, no, no, I'm dead. <laughs> but if you want to cry, please cry softly. <laughs> so Baba says, <laughs> that's the story. So, I, <laughs> so I have all these different kinds of emotions and feelings. <clears throat> but you should feel that you are immortal. That way you will never die. You should contemplate in this way. The self is immortal. The self is eternal. The self is supremely pure. Bhagavad Gita says the self never dies. There's a part of us that never dies. Don't have any more inferior feelings, Baba says. You like? Yeah. Okay, one more on mantra. Well, actually, I, uh, how are we doing? I could do two more on mantra. Should we do two more? Let's go to Pornama. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Short one. Question. I obtain a lot of joy from japa, mantra repetition, and chanting. But during meditation, I have lots of thoughts in my mind. I cannot cool them down. What attitude should I have towards them? Of course, everyone asks this. Their minds, they sit to meditate in their minds, they discover. That's what I, when I first started to meditate, I couldn't believe how incredibly out of control my mind was and how it just involuntarily, it just started thinking all kinds of thoughts. So Baba says, if you have a lot of joy from japa and chanting, why don't you do japa during meditation? So while you meditate, just do the mantra. Your joy will be increase. Forget about meditation and do mantra instead. This is also meditation. Joy, happiness, and supreme bliss are necessary for us, not some technique. The technique is not essential. Keep doing mantra. It contains great bliss. So people get caught in technique. It's the goal that's important, to be able to find the clear space of good feeling, to be able to find that. Whatever means, in, the, in some of the great texts, they say, or by whatever means, Patanjali says that, or by meditation as desired. Whatever works for you, whatever works, is good. Whatever brings peace, whatever connects us to the self, whatever gets us in touch with love and joy, that's the method we should use. <clears throat> and finally, one on Om Namah Shivaya. Why do we always chant the mantra Om Namah Shivaya at the evening programs and the intensives? Why not other mantras? <laughs> Baba. Om Namah Shivaya is a great mantra. Other mantras are all right. <laughs> there, are mantras that, there are mantras that were composed by great seers who experienced and perceived them. A lot of mantras were received in deep meditation by sages. 
There are mantras that emanated from the ether. Nobody composed them, nobody wrote them. They did not come from anybody's intellect. Om Namah Shiva is a mantra that emanated from the sound of the ether. The Lord of Kailas, that's Lord Shiva, said to Maitreyi, O Maitreyi, the practice of mantra is greater than all sadhanas, all spiritual practices, greater than all other pursuits. <clears throat> Among all the mantras, the five-syllable na uh, mantra, Namah Shivaya, is great. Baba says, even though we say Om Namah Shivaya, if you don't count Om, then Namah Shivaya contains five syllables. <laughs> the scriptures say the five-syllable mantra. Sometimes they say the five-syllable mantra with Om. It does not matter whether one is a woman or a man, a child or an old person, good or bad, literate or uneducated, everybody can repeat this mantra. This mantra will redeem anybody who repeats it. It's one of the great things about the Shaivite path. It's open to everyone. And one of the things about this, you don't need a special initiation. You don't need anything. You can repeat the mantra and it'll work. <clears throat> Baba says, the sage Upamanyu repeated this particular mantra and explained its secret to Lord Krishna in this way. If the mantra vibrates in a person's heart all the time, that person has no need of austerities, meditation, yoga, or asanas, postures. For every mantra, there's a particular initiation, but mantras bear, bear, bear fruit only when you perform most mantras bear fruit only when you perform rituals and ceremonies. Upamanyu explained that to repeat Om Namah Shivaya, you don't need any rituals or yagnas, any ceremonies. To give this mantra and also to repeat it, you do not need an auspicious time or place. You don't have to consult the astrologer for the time. This mantra is ever pure. No matter in what state a person repeats this mantra, it will purify him. So you call God with these letters, Nama Shivaya. The mantra has its own power. All the great beings sang this mantra. The sages said, this is the great mantra. Always repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. This mantra is very mysterious. I could talk for a month on each syllable. These five syllables are the form of the five elements. These five syllables destroy the five agonies or afflictions. Every syllable has its own supreme power. So I think you get the idea that Baba's very uh, uh, enthusiastic about the practice. <clears throat> Rather than torture your mind, contemplate and think and think, try to think your way through. And it reminds me of, um, of uh, a story of, that I was told by, uh, when we first got to the ashram, we stayed at a, a, a family's house in Juhu Beach. And it was a family of uh, uh, that one, uh, the, the, well, the wife was an American woman and the husband was an Indian man. So they came from widely different cultures. And they had uh, about three or four kids, actually. I knew three of them. And uh, one of the, the girls once told me that her, that her American grandmother and her Indian grandmother were very different. The American grandmother would worry and worry and worry. The Indian grandmother, when had faced with a problem, would just start saying the mantra. 
with a smile on her face. And she would solve the problem, the other one just became neurotic. <clears throat> so it's a, it's a very good approach. Is to, instead of breaking our brains, and you know, in my early life I used to try to think my way out of situations intensely, and I get more and more tense. Uh, and then Baba said, instead of that, just repeat the mantra. Relax the mind, let the mind be open, and then what comes to you will come to you. The right things will come to you. So he's very high on that. So on Guru Purnima, let's do a little mantra together. <clears throat> I'm very happy on Guru Purnima. I'm very happy uh, to see everybody. And I'm very happy to be doing an in intensive tomorrow. And, and uh, I'm very happy to think about Bhagwan Nityananda, such a great soul, so completely absorbed in bliss consciousness, so completely detached from all the problems that afflict us. We think this, this problem, that problem, this person said that, this person did that. Bhagavan Nityananda was just immersed in his own bliss. And then Baba, I never met Bhagavan Nityananda except inwardly in Ganeshpuri, but Baba Muktananda was a, a raging fire of Shakti. Every cell in his body vibrated with divine energy and he could transmit that to thousands of people. And he, in his presence, one experienced the divine. One experienced extraordinary reality, not the mundane reality, but the higher reality. One could easily experience that. And so in Guru Purna, to celebrate that possibility, the whole world tells you that only the material world is real, that only money and fame and power and so on and possessions matter. But the great beings tell us that there is something greater, something beyond that, something within us that we can attain that will transform our lives and uplift us. And so we salute them on Guru Purnima. I like to salute them every day of my life but particularly on Guru Purnima, it's so, such a delight to celebrate this extraordinary possibility that's open to all of us. So let's use Baba's great mantra and his great technique of repeating the mantra, and uh, we'll meditate for 10 minutes, and uh, I suggest that you repeat the mantra, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, or on Guru Purnima you can repeat Guru Om, Guru Om. Uh, and then we'll meditate for 10 minutes. And with great love and respect, I welcome you all with all my heart. Satguru Maharaj Ki Jai. Let's meditate.